When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the first of two festive tripe suppers. I'm joined by Phil Tarantaya. Where's the smear? Who <laughs> 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 pulled the string on the back there? Uh, Phil no Tarantaya was the making of this program. <laughs> As ever. And funnily enough, I had a bottle of beer on my desk and I was contemplating bringing it in for it, but I decided against it. For the record, we're still sober. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're looking back. Uh, we're going to do two over Christmas. First one looking back on what's been a memorable year. Second one looking forward to what will hopefully be a memorable year. We'll start with Brighton, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, was it one of the most polished performances? And we've seen plenty in 2015. Was it one of the most polished performances of the year? Uh, given the stakes, I think it probably was, yeah. I mean, obviously, we went there to a team that were confident and 21 games unbeaten and to so comprehensively dismantle them and to show two different aspects of the game, you know, defending very well and also counter-attacking very well. Uh, yeah, it's got, it's got to be up there. I don't think, perhaps in some departments, that there wasn't as much flair as perhaps we saw earlier earlier in the year. Uh, but I think it's a more more balanced display that we're seeing now, rather than individual flashes of uh, of uh, creativity. I think we're seeing a, a a machine, a functional machine now. And uh, for, personally, I think that's a great thing to be watching. I mean, to me. Um... There's been some good results on the road this season in the league. Sorry, this year in the league, hasn't there? And you think back to beating Derby, beating Norwich, Brentford. I think what a lot of those performances had in common was Borough had to um, be resilient and, you know, you'd have to say had to weather the storm at times. You felt on Saturday it was a complete performance. They got the early goal and from that point on never looked like, you know, letting Brighton back in the match. It was... It was, it was um, it's very impressive to see, and I, I, I kind of feel it's the, the performance on the road that the team has been promising yeah. for a long time. Everything clicked into place from front to back. Um, it was nice to struggle to name a man of the match for a very positive reason, in that there were so many candidates, and you could have named five, six, seven players comfortably as, as, as outstanding on the day. And, and um, was knocked off his initial rating of one star before it was even kicked Yeah, off, yeah, <laughs> poor Emilio. And but he's had, his, he's had his moment in the sunshine. <laughs> so. And it was over 90 minutes as yeah. well. We, we've seen like 45 minutes at Ipswich, for instance, yeah. that were very good and you came away buzzing. But that was a sustained performance over the, the full 90, 96 minutes. Well, the game was over after 62 minutes, wasn't it? When Burrow got the third, <clears> third goal, you knew both sides realised... I mean, Brighton kept going because you'd expect them to, but really... It was, you know, you could have shook hands on the match there and then like a cricket match that isn't going to come to a conclusion. You can't bowl the opposition out, that kind of scenario. Sorry. Yeah, we're stuck in blanket <laughs> there. Cricket. It's a sport played by two teams of 11, but they wear the same kit. Oh. <laughs> I think the thing is what was impressive, what I thought was impressive was Brighton, you know, they've, they've came back from, from deficits this year. I mean, I know Charlton's a, a poor example given the fact that they're on the wrong end of the table, but they were 2-0 down there and... They came back. They've done that a few times, but Burr never gave never gave them an no. inch, did they? No, it no. never looked likely. Um, looking back then, and we'll kind of look back on the year compared to this time last year. You were talking there, Vic, about Borough looking more balanced there, and what have you? Where do, what do you think the key difference is between Borough this time last year and where they are now? Uh, 
I think the, the machinery, the framework, is the same as it always was. Uh, I think they've upgraded some of the component parts, which was always the intention, and should Borough get promoted, I think they'll upgrade again, but the actual machine will, will stay the same. I think the little half a second on, a, on the ball that the likes of Stewie Downing and, and Christian Stuani can create for themselves have made a difference. Uh, but also, you know, we're another year down the line for all the players that came in last summer. Uh, you know, they're, they're all totally now ingrained in the Karanka methodology and everyone knows their job inside out. And you can look at individual players over the course of the last year and it's all been about steady, incremental improvement. I mean, everyone, you know, we rave about Danny Ayala and, you know, when he first came here, he was a, he was a mistake and a book in every game, wasn't he? And all, all the mistakes have been eliminated and players are gradually getting better. Uh, the, 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 probably the outstanding one last year was Albert Adoma, who suddenly realised that he had defensive duties as well and, and was part of a team and gradually became more disciplined and therefore more productive over the year. And this season you can look at you know, the likes of Ensui, who was a, a fringe figure in two positions last year and now seems to have nailed down a shirt because he, he's become an effective part of the machine. And I think that's what we're seeing, really, rather than any individuals uh, uh, raising the, the, the productivity of, of the whole. I think it's everybody in the team has just improved 2% here and 4% there. And, and over the course of the season and over the course of the game, I mean, that, that makes a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't argue, I would argue that not everybody's better than they were this time last year, but enough players are. Mm. You know, you used the example of Ensue, is a really good example of Yala. Ben Gibson started knocking the yellow cards out of his game. That improvement. And I think that's the mark of a good coaching setup that you can see the improvement in the players. Adam Clayton is a far better player than he was last season. Yeah, Grant Ledbetter um, was, is still Grant Ledbetter, um, but he's facing you know, um, a battle for his place with someone like Adam Forshaw who can't get in the team. That's a good sign. You've got good players who can't get in the team. Um, I mean, if we were being ultra picky, there are still players who you could argue um, have a bit more to give. I think Albert's got more to give this season. And looking back over some of the goals recently, you realise how important a player he can be. You think of the delivery at Ipswich, you think of the, de- the delivery at Brighton. He's, if, if Borough can get another 15 20% out of Albert, and I know there have been issues this season, they've got almost a new player to go at. Um, Something seemed to click for him in the second half at Ipswich, didn't yeah. it? He, he, yeah, he looked like the player we've. He's, 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 you know, I, Vic mentioned that almost productivity. I think that's been an issue. I think yeah, yeah. I don't think he has been that productive compared to what he was the season he got twelve. But as as Vic says, he had other duties that affected his ability, and it's getting the balance right, of course, isn't it? But overall, you know, year on year. Um, the, the simple fact is the squad's stronger as well. You've got David Nugent now. Um, a great championship standard, Premier League standard player. You've got a Stuart Downing, as we've mentioned, you know, a player of genuine class. How many times has his little extra been the difference? MK Dons when we couldn't break them down. Um, the laser guided ball into yeah. David Nugent at yeah. Ipswich. Yeah. His goal against Rotherham. You know, people sit, people, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, Downing, what's he doing? What's he contributing? You add those points up that he contributes this season, that'll come to double figures. Without him, those. We might have drawn against Rotherham. We may have failed to break open MK Dons. You know, they're the they're the tangibles. They're the things you can point to and say that's why Stuart Downing is worth six or seven million quid because it may it may not rip defences apart week after week because no one does that in the Championship. The Championship isn't that sort of division. 
what you want is somebody who, when push comes to shove, produces. Does the a year more experienced as well? Obviously, this squad. How important is the the nous and know how of being at the top and being able to go into games, you know, knowing that you're the team to beat and, and this is a must win game. And if you lose, then you'll be off the top or out the top two. How vital is that? Well, I don't think there's a substitute for experience, which is why teams that want to get promoted go out and, and buy it. Uh, having gone through certain situations, you, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you, you know, le- you learn about what you need to do to make. You know, to contribute to the collective resilience, and it, it also helps the manager know which players don't necessarily do that, so he can take them out of the equation and replace them with, with people who who can do that. Uh, it's a different experience now. I mean, Borough are obviously up there, and and they're expected to lead lead from the front, whereas probably last year they went into the season thinking if we can get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Mm. Uh, I think they have learned from that last year. I, I think. The club as a whole have learned from that, and it's interesting the way that they're you know playing down the, the situation that they're in now, and everyone is saying, you know, it's early days, the job's not done, and that they know what the risks are because we were at the top a few times last year, and let it slip, and let the maybe let the pressure get to people, and and didn't deliver when the big games came along. Uh, we'll see if they have learned from that, but all the indications are that they are they are. Stronger mentally, I think this year. Putting you on the spot, is that, I mean, there's been various obviously standout moments. Is the is the one moment, one game, one, I guess, signing that, that you think uh, that you look back on, on with particular fondness from this year? Well, the one moment that I think turned this season around was was Wolves away when yeah. Fabrini scored that goal. Some. Um you know, some. <laughs> you look you look at that game, and it was the it could well be the pivotal point of the season. There'd been issues around the Fulham performance and the reaction from the manager, the Cardiff performance and the reaction from the manager of the players. They felt like, are the wheels coming off a little bit? Um, and and Aito admitted, didn't he? He said a few things the way he re- re-examined his own behaviour. Uh, Wolves, he dropped two big players, Adoma Downing. For an hour, Borough were awful, frankly. They were second best all over the pitch. And if Wolves had anybody up front, they'd have been two or three ahead. Mm. But they didn't. And... Um, that, that equaliser just seemed to galvanise everybody, you know, and then you've got Downing's class to score a fantastic free kick, and, and, and Borough ended up being 3-1 winners in the end, but to me that was the moment where if, we, if Borough finished this season high at the top of the Championship and celebrate an automatic promotion, there's a lot to say about moments like that, where you find some inner, you know, you, you ride your luck a little bit, but also you have the ability to take advantage when, when luck goes your way. For me, that was a critical moment. For me, I think the, the, the away days, uh, build the, the, the excitement that's built over the course of the whole year, uh, going back to, to January where we you know, took 4,000 away to Barnsley in the FA Cup and then uh, went to Man City and won. I mean, these are incredible highs. And if you think how long it is since we had a good season where everyone was excited and the, the horizons were, were broadened and things seemed possible, I mean, you have to go back to you know, probably the, the Eindhoven year to really have that kind of buzz, and that's been building throughout the year. And, and obviously, you know, there, there was a downer, and we lost at Wembley. But you know, we got to Wembley. That's not something that comes along every year for this. And forty thousand fans and, were there to watch it. And yeah. all, all the yeah. way building up to that, you know, going to uh, Man City was fantastic. Going Arsenal. to Arsenal was fantastic, and then the the the, the fact that we would take and, and sell out almost everywhere we went. And there's been some fantastic away displays this year. I mean, you mentioned Dar- you know, Derby and, and Norwich and Brentford twice. Mm. Uh, and then the, the, the playoff 
semi-final here, you know, the, the day that, uh, against Brentford when we won and everyone was on the pitch and it was, the, the whole town was buzzing and the whole excitement over the Borough Snake and all right, it, it was very, even the, even the was very frustrating. But even it, the Fulham game away it was, when there's 4,000 yeah, Borough fans. The, the, the whole t- the, neutral the, the, the tickets thing around Wembley was very frustrating and there was a lot of angst but it was exciting, mm. you know, and that's what you go to football for you to be excited, to have the possibility of something special happening. Well, I think I think it's quite. It's not sad's the wrong word because we're all football fans. So sorry, if I'm knock that off. We're all football fans, so we get phone calls in the middle of um, <laughs> important meetings. Important. Um, we told I, we told I told we were doing the yeah, transfer, but it what I was going to say was that um, it, it's a, it's a shame when you get. Memorable occasions like cup ties at Man City and Arsenal, and you get and people get obsessed, understandably, with the bigger picture, which is promotion. So you're thinking, I'm not sure I want Man United away mm. in the cup because the promotions are prior. But then, you know, I think back to the Tony Mowbray and some of the most special nights were the time you know Borough go to Sunderland, Sunderland no, absolutely. And those cup ties are ultimately what you tell the grandchildren about. Yeah, and I think yeah. this season has produced more of those moments than probably. Since two, sorry, since ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven, those kind of moments where you say, "Do you remember when you were at Man City and Borough beat the reigning champions and scored a last minute second goal and five thousand fans went mad?" You know, so and obviously the defeat at Wembley cast a shadow over it, but I mean, the the build up to it was absolutely fantastic. Of course, you know, the the West End on the night before and all over the Tube Network. I mean, Borough just took control of that town and. Uh, Trafalgar Square with the flares going up and everyone climbing up the the lion and that. I mean that they're fantastic memories, and you know that that is what you, what you want from following a football team. You, you know you want to be excited and uh, and have the memories and the pictures and, and these are amazing times for us. And you talk about the cup games there. You're saying about kind of Mowbray in the games and you know the Sunderland the three games against Sunderland. And you look back to Strachan and it was Man City, wasn't it? That that home game in the, in the third round was it the third or fourth round? Freezing cold, the Riverside. Well, I th- you think it was probably the worst game of that season, and you compare that with the fact that this year there's been Everton, Man United, Arsenal. So, I mean, you almost forget about Arsenal, don't well, you? Well, As you look back, and there's been that many. Well, I think the important thing is when we look beyond the sort of the, the headline grabbing moments, like the cup ties and things like that, probably the most important underlying trend has been the improvement in home attendances and the fact that the the, the Teesside public has re- fallen back in love with the team. Mm. And, you know, it started under Tony Mowbray, but you remember those dark days of 2010-11 when I think, you know, we'd had relegation, the team hadn't picked up under the new manager's track and he'd left a, you know, a squad that nobody could do anything with. Tony Mowbray had a hell of a job in his hands just to keep Burr in the division that season. And as you're absolutely right to say, you you just couldn't sell the idea of Borough to people anymore. They'd, they'd lost interest. People couldn't give away the season tickets yeah. if they couldn't get to a home game. Attendance, you know, the real on-day match attendance, despite whatever the official figure was, sometimes nine, ten, eleven thousand. Now consistently getting twenty thousand and over, and that's that is a really significant move because you know that people have fallen back in love with the team, and that and that that can only be good in the long-term benefit. How important was it? I mean, it's blatantly obvious, but you, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, after the playoff final about uh, looking at how teams have fared and whether there's kind of that hangover after that. It was it was vital, wasn't it, to kind of strike while the iron was hot, you know, keep keep the interest there with a positive start and, and make sure that you're getting there four and 5,000 again. And they did that, didn't they, with a, with a yeah. positive start? I mean, a lot of the, the, the negativity around these things is it comes from the fans' reaction and obviously... People were very depressed after Wembley and it seemed natural, oh no, we've blown our big chance. But you need to be aware that within the club, 
uh, you know, generated from Steve Gibson principally, there is an incredible determination to to make this work, and there's a lot of money being put into this entire project, and the, the entire infrastructure of the club has been rebuilt over the last four or five years, and a lot of that is down to to the work that uh, Tony Mowbray put in, and it's it's reaching fruition now, and it was very easy to see Wembley as the end or a massive setback, whereas in the big picture, it, it wasn't. You know, it was a, yes, it was a, a a blow, but it was also a learning experience. And you know, in football, you do get setbacks, and it's how you bounce back from that. Um, and we were at the the club uh, dinner on the night, and you know, the, the atmosphere in there was absolute determination that next time they were not going to go through this, and next time it was going to be automatic promotion. And the whole club was totally focused on that, right from day, you know, right from the, the final whistle at Wembley. I think that nice to wrap it up. They have a fantastic Christmas, and we'll return next week to look ahead to, to 2016 in what we hope will be just as memorable, but with a bit of a happier ending. Thanks a lot. Cheers.